0: Hey, everyone. My name is Michelle, and welcome to RomCom Weekly. Today, my friend Justin is back, and we're talking about the movie 500 Days of Summer. Hey, Justin.
1: Hey, Michelle. Thanks for having me again.
0: Of course. Are you psyched?
1: I am. I've, I've been looking forward to this one.
0: All right, cool. Me too. So just a few things about this movie. It was released in August of 2009. It's directed by Mark Webb. It's written by Scott Newstander and Michael H. Weber. It stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel. The IMDb.com summary is an offbeat romantic comedy about a woman who doesn't believe true love exists and the young man who falls for her. It has a 7.7 on IMDb and it made more than $60 million worldwide. It was nominated for two Golden Globe nominations in 2010, one for Best Picture, Comedy, or Musical, and one for Joseph Gordon-Levitt for Best Actor. All right, so Justin, let's start with you. What would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10?
1: I rated it pretty highly, I feel. Uh, I gave it an 8.8. 8.
0: Whoa. Okay. I kind of waffled a bit in my rating. I started off actually with a 9, but I think I'm landing at an 8.5.
1: Okay. That's fair.
0: So we're pretty close.
1: Yeah. Funnily enough, the first time I ever watched this movie, I did not like it. Mm-hmm. I was expecting more like a traditional rom-com, which it's definitely not. I had recently actually seen another movie that you've talked about, uh, Definitely Maybe, and I was like, oh, it's like so different from that that I I like kind of wrote it off, but then I rewatched it again with like a clearer mind, and I was like, oh no, it's it's a good movie. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think I had the same experience as you, so... I feel like I have a little bit of a unique experience watching this movie. So I recall exactly the first time I saw this. It was in theaters in 2009. I saw this with an ex-boyfriend who was an ex at the time. And he had seen this movie already. We were friends after our breakup. And he was like, I think you should see this movie. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so we went to go see the movie together. And it ends. And I was like, what is going on? Because <laughs> A, I didn't expect this movie to end the way it did. And B, what is this ex-boyfriend of mine trying to tell me by bringing me to this movie? I was very confused. I didn't have the words or vocabulary to like communicate. So I just kind of let it be because we were exes and I didn't want to get back together with him anyway. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: anyway, that's all to say I have a very specific memory of the first time I saw this movie. I haven't rewatched it a whole lot because I don't know. I just don't think it's that accessible. It's never really played on TV. And I think this is a movie where you have to properly sit down and watch. It's not really a rom-com that can kind of be played for laughs in the background. So it's a very intentional rewatch, I think.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. So why'd you choose to discuss this film?
1: I kind of alluded to it earlier where I think it's a pretty unique rom-com, so much so that I wasn't even sure if it can be really classified as a rom-com. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just like that it was a spin-off from, you know, the typical, like, guy meets girl love story. In fact, the movie starts off saying this is not a love story, and you find out within the first five minutes that the relationship does not work out. Mm-hmm. So it's just a quite different perspective on a movie, and just the fact that the first time I saw it, like I said, I was like, I didn't like it. I felt kind of weird about it because I was like, oh, is this is supposed to be a rom-com? It was actually suggested to me by a friend. I was like, oh, I'm not sure I like it, but I didn't take it for what it was. Mm-hmm. When I rewatched it, I actually ended up really liking it, and now it's one of my favorites, so that's why I chose it.
0: All right, cool. I actually I have a lot of things to say about this movie and a lot of mm-hmm. thoughts that are probably not super articulate or really formed very well because... I think I have kind of a complicated relationship with it in the sense that that's why I started out with a 9 and I kind of moved it back to an 8.5. Immediately after watching the movie, I was like, wow, this is a really good movie.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I kind of wanted to rewatch it again, like immediately after I had watched it, just because I think I was so busy taking notes during my initial rewatch. I was like, I'm missing some of the nuance, but I didn't, ultimately. I just watched it one time for our conversation just now. But I actually think I have liked it more the more times I watch it.
1: I actually kind of agree with you. I think the more times I watch it, it holds up. Uh, I'm sure you'll ask that later, but uh, it it holds up for me. And the more I watch it, I'm like, oh, I kind of see a little bit differently each time I see it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any explicit things that you like about the movie? Besides it being original, which I agree with you, I really like this movie as well because it's original.
1: I really like the soundtrack. I know some people that I've talked to don't like how it jumps around in the timeline, but I thought that lends to the creativity of the movie and how the perspective of it comes definitely from Tom, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's viewpoint. So you get kind of a one-sided view in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I liked how they, how they went about that and how they just showed the relationship in that way.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think the timeline being jumping back and forth, that was kind of hard I think the first time I saw this to kind of settle into, but I think, you know, 11 years later there's been a few more rewatches under my belt, you kind of know what to expect and you kind of can appreciate the the non-linear timeline. It's kind of quirky. It's got some like mm-hmm. that random bird animation and that one big musical number.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, and it's very upfront of it being not a Love story,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I guess to your point, yeah, is this a rom com? Is this more of a coming of age story? I think maybe both. What do you think?
1: Yeah, maybe both. Um, I guess it's just not in the traditional, it doesn't fall in this traditional set of like what a rom com, what you think of a rom com is, but right. um, it's definitely romantic and it's definitely comedic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, there you go. By definition, a rom com, yeah. I really like JGL, Joseph Gordon Levitt and Zoe Deschanel in this movie together, I think there were some certain moments where I was like, ooh, I could feel the electricity between the two of them.
1: Yeah, I definitely think they have good chemistry, and they play their roles well. I think this movie spoke to me, because I think we've probably all experienced like some form of you liking someone more than they like you, mm-hmm. and ambiguity in a relationship, and more so than other rom-coms, I thought this was more realistic and grounded in that sense, especially in how they show it.
0: Yeah, agree. You mentioned the soundtrack as a reason why you like this movie. And I just want to second that strongly, because I love this soundtrack. As I was rewatching this movie, I forgot how good the soundtrack was. And I'm pretty sure there was a period of time where I was strictly just listening to the soundtrack, like Regina Spector. Mm -hmm. I went to see her live once, and I can't remember if it was because of this movie, or it was before the movie. But it just kind of brought me back to 11 years ago, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, there's that whole thing about the Smiths, which, you know, Tom falls for Summer really hard once he finds out that Summer also loves the Smiths. <laughs> so it was just kind of this, I don't know, this feeling of, like, connecting with someone through music, which I think was mm-hmm. quite prevalent through this through this movie.
1: Yeah, I thought the way they used the soundtrack, too, and accentuate scenes, they chose really good music to portray that.
0: Yeah. So... I have a question, and I'm not sure, uh, maybe you might have some thoughts and insight into this, is that, do you think a lot more men gravitate towards this movie
1: than women? Uh, that's a good question. I would guess, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's told through the perspective of the male perspective, right? In, in a way, Summer isn't even really fleshed out or developed that much. And I don't know, as a result of that, maybe more males can identify with what's going on, like seeing a girl and just like falling in love with her just on sight kind of of thing. Yeah. What do you think?
0: So knowing nothing and not having any other conversations with other men about this movie, except for you and my husband, I do think that there are more men who gravitate towards this movie because, and we're going to definitely get into it, but because it's told through Tom's perspective... And I think it's written by men, which I think is kind of telling as well. This is actually based on a, I think, mostly based on a true story, which we see from the title cards of the the movie is that it's based on some woman named Jenny and the writer thinks she's a bitch, you know, for breaking his heart, which is a fair sentiment. You know, obviously no one wants to get their heart broken, but I don't know. I think a lot of men probably have these fantasies of women in their heads and, I mean not to say that women don't have fantasies of men in their heads. We we def or I'll just speak for myself. I definitely did slash do. I don't know. Not actively. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's something I think I'd be interested in digging a little deeper as to why men gravitate towards this movie predominantly more than women do.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's definitely I mean, I'm sure you've talked about this or in the theme of your entire podcast of like how rom coms have shaped us and such and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if this because identifies with males more like does it shape someone differently than you know like a traditional rom-com that you might think of
0: yeah it's definitely food for thought one other thing i really like about this movie is the cute relationship between rachel the sister rachel who's played by (laughs) chloe grace moretz but yeah i thought Mm -hmm. it was really cute she's so precocious i have no idea how old she's supposed to be but she's just like the rock for her much older brother tom And doling out relationship advice, which I thought was very cute and sweet.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, it even starts off with her arriving, which, I I mean, this will be come up with uh, your WTF moments. But, like, they live in L.A. and she bikes at night (laughs) to his place in L.A. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's no way, right? But... Still, yeah. I, I thought it was so interesting that his sister is the voice of reason. I mean, it's it's part of the joke is a little bit, right? Yeah. Is, is the fact that she's young and that she's the voice of reason and he listens to her. Yeah. And is seeking out advice from her.
0: Yeah.
1: She has one of my, um, I think, uh, one of my favorite quotes as well, when she's talking about um, Summer moving on or something like that. And she's like, oh, he has like Brad Pitt's face and Jesus's abs. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wait, that one of your favorite lines?
1: Yeah. Oh. It's, it's, it's just funny coming from her, especially.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's cute. And that one scene where he's sitting with her at soccer practice and like coach blows a whistle and Tom's like, wait, coach, we're not, we're not done. Like I need more time yeah. with my sister. I thought that was really cute. Right. All right. Well then let's pivot to what you don't like about the movie. Are there any things that you want to start off with? Um... <laughs>
1: I didn't even think about this. Oh, there are no nothing, things we don't like about <laughs> nothing, it? Nothing comes to mind specifically. I like what they set out to do, and I like how they went about it. I guess I, I said this a little bit earlier, but, like, the way Summer isn't fleshed out as much as I guess she could be. But I kind of get, like, that they didn't do it because it's it's this idea of uh, this guy that's, like, in love with even the idea of her, not necessarily the actual person. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's like a line that they do towards the end of the movie where they're interviewing like the different friends or something and they're talking about what love means to them. Mm-hmm. And then his friend that's like a doctor or something is like Robin or like my girl is better than the girl of my dreams because she's real. Mm-hmm. And just that idea. Yeah, I don't I don't have anything I especially dislike that I can think of. What about you?
0: Um, I'm going to kind of jump a little bit because that scene you just mentioned about friend paul and that you know that black and white little documentary a section where they talk about love that's actually my favorite scene of the movie Mm. i think it's quite telling because i guess a few reasons i feel like paul and his wife i think he's married is he married to robin i don't actually know
1: yeah i'm not sure
0: i think he's in a healthy relationship unlike tom and summer because he's able to recognize and differentiate between having a quote-unquote dream girl with a bodacious rack and who (laughs) likes sports more, but he's also able to recognize that Robin is better than the girl of his dreams because she is real. And that actually stayed with me after the movie ended because we also, in that same scene, we see Tom, who's unable to say anything about love. He's struggling and he just doesn't have anything to contribute to the conversation.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And as you mentioned, Summer... Is not kind of written to be a very fleshed out character. She's quite shallow. The character that is written as Summer, she's doesn't have a lot of depth, which is actually one of the things I don't like about the movie. And I think this also leads to another theme of the movie. Apologies if I'm all over the place, but
1: no, not at no. all.
0: This whole concept of the manic pixie dream girl stems from what I think this movie and Zoe Deschanel and the character of Summer. Hmm. I'm pretty sure this term has been around for a long time, but I think this character is kind of the the prime example of what this manic pixie dream girl is. And if I may, I have the definition here. Let's hear it. It's a stock character that exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures. Manic pixie dream girls are said to help their men without pursuing their own happiness, and such characters never grow up. Thus, their men never grow up.
1: I don't think that describes her at all, though. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) I mean, by virtue of her breaking up with him and actually growing, she does have growth. I I definitely agree with you that her character's not fleshed out. We've both said that a few times now. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't notice this, actually, in past viewings. But in this viewing, I noticed a lot that pretty much every single time she encourages him. She's like, oh, you're really into architecture. Like, show me. Mm-hmm. Like, what what do you like about that? Are you any good? Like, draw this thing on me. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you, have you pursued that at all? And she kind of like subtly encourages him throughout their relationship. And even towards the end, you know, when they come back to it and they're sitting on that bench, she's just very real with him. She actually doesn't play into his like little fantasy world. You know, there's a scene where... You know, they get into the fight after he punches that guy mm-hmm. and they're they're both in bed and they're like, they show the split screen and she's wide awake and she's like basically waiting for him to call because she feels really bad. And then he is upset and he doesn't call and she shows up at his place mm-hmm. and she apologizes for the way that she handled it. But he's like, I need more from you. I need to know that you're not going to wake up in the morning and feel differently. And she's like, I can't give you that. And nobody can. So I think she actually is, like, quite mature and transparent, actually, through the entire relationship from the point of her saying, I want it to be casual, mm-hmm. and like, hey, you can't find growth this way, like, this is what you're looking for, et cetera, and encouraging him for architecture for what he really wants to do. And so I don't think that last part of what you said the manic pixie girl is, is, um, properly describes her at all. Mm.
0: Okay, that's fair. <laughs> The problem I have with this characterization of Summer is that, I mean, again, yes, it's all through Tom's eyes. We don't understand Summer and, you know, her evolution through this relationship with Tom. And yes, she does encourage him in architecture, which is a really good point. I didn't think about that. But we don't really get to know what her hopes and dreams are. And I think because this story is told through Tom's perspective, we kind of don't feel the need to know Summer. And so Summer's kind of just this vehicle for Tom. And I think that's kind of the encapsulation of this manic pixie dream girl is that mm. she doesn't really have any background to her story. She's just a vehicle for the dude to have a lot of actualizations about himself. And she is this vehicle for him, I guess, to fall back in love with architecture. And while that is like a very productive step forward, there's a whole other world of Summer that we don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: There's a lot of like think pieces about this movie that I was reading a little bit about, and not wanting to get too deep into it. But there's some controversy around this movie, right? Like, where the first time maybe you see this, you you kind of walk away from the movie being like, "Summer's a bitch," right? Like, she broke his heart. Why didn't she love him? Or alternatively, when you kind of sit and think about it, there's also this other thought that, no, Tom's kind of an idiot because <laughs> like Summer was totally upfront with him from the beginning saying, I don't want anything serious. I don't want to be in a relationship. But Tom was just choosing not to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And Tom is maybe just optimistic and hopeful in love being like, oh, you know, she'll eventually fall in love with me or I'll just make her fall in love with me. So there's, I think, a lot of feelings because there are so many different ways to think about this movie do you know what i mean
1: yeah i do i agree with a lot of the things you were saying and like she is a vehicle just to push tom along so she's not fleshed out in that sense so in that sense she's like kind of this manic pixie girl Mm -hmm. it does fall under that definition to that extent
0: but yeah kind of going on this thing about summer and how she's kind of built up as this dream girl, but she's not really seen as a real person. I came across this quote that Joseph Gordon-Levitt gave in in an interview in playboy in 2012. And I wanted to share it with you. He says Tom develops a mildly delusional obsession over a girl onto whom he projects all these fantasies. He thinks she'll give his life meaning because he doesn't care about much else going on in his life. A lot of boys and girls think their lives will have meaning if they find a partner who want nothing else in life but them. That's not healthy. That's falling in love with the idea of a person, not the actual person, end quote. Right. So I think, I mean, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's take on the character of Tom.
1: Well, I I agree with that. It's, It's kind of goes along with some of the things we were just saying, like your favorite part of the movie with the black and white scene where the friend is like, she's not, she's not real. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Summer is definitely this, like, very basic view of a woman. She's, like, what Tom is idealizes as a woman, right? Yes. And, like, he doesn't see any depth or, like, complexity to her. And it's only the consequence, like, oh, I love her and she doesn't love me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so in his eyes, like, Summer is this, like, perfect girl. That's it. It's just, like, she's this perfect idea and she's not a real thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a way.
0: Yeah. And, like, this also... This whole idea or a concept of, or maybe it's not, this is just a, a thought that I had, was just because you love someone doesn't mean that they'll love you back.
1: So I, I actually have this as like a main theme, this whole idea um, about like not being able to force love and you can't love someone to love you back and illusions in relationships and such like that.
0: Yes. And let's get I mean, into
1: it. That's it. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> If you think about it, like, not a lot happens in the movie. It's pretty much just the dynamic of how Tom perceives Summer. Mm-hmm. That's the entire movie, right?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, he's in love with this idea of Summer. And when it's not arriving at his expectations, he gets frustrated. Mm-hmm. There's even, I mean, it's one of my favorite scenes, but the expectation versus reality scene where he goes to her apartment. Mm-hmm. I think expectations in life in general can get us into a lot of trouble in relationships and I don't know, in in anything really. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of all over the place here, but I just, I mean, me too, dude. I (laughs) I feel like there's just like so many different angles and things going through my mind, but I
0: agree. Yeah.
1: But like he has these expectations of this ideal and when it's not meeting it, it's like his worldview is shattered. Like his entire idea about love was shattered Mm. because it didn't meet this expectation. And if he didn't have those expectations and saw her and the relationship for what it was and let it develop, maybe he doesn't end up in that same kind of heartbreak. That's where the dissonance between expectations and what's really happening. And we all are guilty of it. I'm definitely guilty of it Mm -hmm. in past relationships and just like hoping that, okay, I just need to hold out. If I, as long as I'm just like good and I love this person and I'm happy, then everything's good. Mm -hmm. But by virtue of doing that, you're also depending on that other person, you know, Mm -hmm. for happiness. And so I think one of the themes and one of the things she tries to tell him is like, hey, you can't depend on like another person for happiness. You got to be your like own self. Mm -hmm. Like nobody can give that to you. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that was kind of profound. Like in that scene that you mentioned earlier, where they have that big fight and that split screen and she comes back to the apartment. And Tom is just like, I just need some consistency. That's all I want. I don't need labels. I just need consistency. And Summer's like, I hear you, but no one can give you that. And then, you know, they kind of just pick up where they left off. But at the same time, it's like they're both right, you know, like and in an ideal world and in a relationship, you're able to provide that consistency without having to always question, is this consistency going to always be here for me? But at the same time, you also don't want to rely on someone to provide that happiness for you. So again, I'm all over the place. I I wrote down the exact same theme that you just mentioned. Actually, the same word was the illusion and this whole concept of expectation versus reality. And I, I think one of the reasons why I like this movie, I forgot to mention is, and you mentioned earlier, is that not a lot happens in this movie. It's kind of just, we see this relationship start and kind of unravel. What I like about it is that there's no grand gesture or there's no misunderstanding in their love. I think they just break up, you know, and it's kind of a realistic take on love and heartbreak and a depiction of like a normal relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these tropey rom-coms, there's always some kind of misunderstanding. There's always a big grand gesture and I love those. Don't get me wrong, but I think this movie is special because it's quite normal it kind of breaks down this whole theme of expectations and reality.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I I completely agree. Like to your point, I think that's one of the reasons why I don't think I mentioned this earlier. But because it's so in the scheme of rom coms, it's I would say the most realistic one that I can think of, or one of the more realistic ideas of 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 like what a relationship can be and what a relationship is, mm-hmm. rather than these like plot things that are happening it's it's not really about that it's just about the relationship
0: yeah totally agree do you have any other themes or was that like the big thing that you took away
1: um that was the big thing and that kind of just branched out into probably everything else for me (laughs) Um, did you
0: um same i think it was mostly the illusions of relationships and yeah we're all guilty of a lot of things which is why i think this movie is so realistic
1: Mm Mm-hmm. This this movie has me like, I feel like I'm not being completely coherent, but it's like, it has a lot of emotion and depth in a way that I think, I don't know, just a lot of thought behind it and in, in what it brings about.
0: Yeah, and I'm just like, straight up looking at my notes. So what I do is I usually print out my notes, but I'm kind of like, all my pages are kind of askew and I have like crossed out notes and like a (laughs) lot of like arrows and like, it's just kind of a mess. And I think this is the first time where I feel, I feel at my most incoherent, but we're just going to get through it. Yeah. We talked favorite scenes a little bit, but just wanted to agree with you actually about one of my favorite scenes as well is at the end, the final split screen of the expectation versus reality. I like that scene in particular because we see Tom run out of the party and like it's an animation, like um, he walks in the street and it just
1: uh, goes into like the, the sketch. Yeah,
0: everything's erased and it goes to like black and white. So, yeah, that was quite poignant. I think he's just like, all right, I'm depressed, but here we are.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely it's like um, seeing how they did that and like concurrently seeing like what he, this idea that he had in his head and it's kind of like a metaphor for like their whole relationship. Of like, he has this idea of who she is and what will happen. And it's just like, that's not really what's happening. And you see it very like vividly in that, in the way they did that. And when the music drops in on that scene, it's like, it's, it's heartbreaking. Mm. It's like, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you feel for him in that in that moment.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you have any other favorite scenes?
1: I do. My actual favorite, favorite scene is when he and Summer are on one of their first dates and he's walking through the city and he's like, what's really great about the city isn't at street level, it's when you look up. And then the the camera actually pans up and there's music, the music kicks in and you're basically just looking. It's like a little bit of a love letter to the architecture in in LA. Mm -hmm. You know, He's seeing these beautiful skyscrapers and these buildings and these shapes and I actually, and I don't know if it was influenced by this movie, but I actually used to do this in Shanghai when I lived there. Mm. I have... Lots of GoPro footage of basically the camera just looking up. Uh, I used to bike around the city <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do something with this because like it's so interesting, all the different buildings and like all the different types of architecture because Shanghai is very much like an eclectic mix of architecture as well. Mm-hmm. So it like kind of doesn't make sense on a lot of levels. But it's so interesting for me anyway, when I used to walk around and bike around. So um, I love that. That scene for me, I I really, really enjoyed. Um, it's It's my favorite scene of it. It actually leads into something interesting about the movie where I don't know how much weight I would put into this, but when they're in Tom's favorite area and it's like they're overlooking the city and there's the parking lot, which apparently I, I read that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, they, they like got rid of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought it was interesting. Tom sees all the beautiful like skyscrapers and stuff and... And it's jokingly, but Summer, the first thing she notices is the parking lots. So it's like kind of that juxtaposition between Tom seeing like all the good and Summer noticing like, oh yeah, there's these giant ugly parking lots though. And just like their perspectives on the relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm, I'm probably reading too much into that. No. But I was like, Oh, maybe there's something with that.
0: You are definitely not. I picked up on that too. And I did a lot of reading <laughs> post having watched this movie. And that is a thing that people have picked up on. Oh, <laughs> In that one scene, we come to realize that Tom is definitely a hopeless romantic. He just sees the beauty in things, and yeah, to your point, Summer's just like, but that's a parking lot.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I I really liked it. I thought it was really cute how they think that's another scene where he's like, oh, you know, like I would make it better. There's some things, and she's like, how? How would you make it better? And he's like, well, I don't know. I don't really know how to say it. And she's like, show me. Draw my arm. I just thought that was such like a. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's a very sweet moment. It's. It's a very close, intimate moment that they share. Mm-hmm. It's not a favorite scene of mine, but it was noteworthy. And it's just basically throughout the movie, the moments where they're like in love. I just love the depictions of what that love looks like. They're just so happy. And there's always like a warm glow on summer. And mm-hmm. I think that was kind of intentional.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that's how Tom sees summer is just this warm and loving and glowy person. Right. It's just this whole evolution of the relationship, like the whole like going to Ikea on a date. I think that's like something a lot of people probably did because of this movie. I did not, mm-hmm. but I <laughs> I know people who have.
1: It's definitely a cute scene when they're at least the first time they're going. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna comment on like you were saying of that scene of, like, you know, the love scenes of, like, what, what he loves about Summer. There's, like, that flashback, like, oh, I love the way she smiles, I love mm. the way she does this with her neck. But then, <laughs> later, when he's talking to his wise sister, yeah and she's like, you know, look back again. Like, maybe it wasn't as good as you thought. You know, like, I don't think you're looking properly. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that flashback scene where it's the same exact scene, <laughs> but it's, like, everything he hates about it. Right,
0: right. <laughs> no, I actually really like that line that... Sister Rachel says, because I think it's kind of true. Like a lot of times, maybe in Heartbreak, we look back and see only the good parts. But I think it's healthy practice to also maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I think it's healthy practice to also reflect on maybe why the relationship didn't work out and the missteps and why, you know, things maybe weren't as good as you probably thought they were.
1: hmm. Yeah, definitely true. I have one more scene. Please. It's like kind of iconic, the dance scene. Mm hmm that he comes out i thought that was a really fun scene it's not one of my it's not my favorite scene Mm -hmm. but it's like a solid third place (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe fourth place top five okay um (laughs) i thought it was really interesting the color schemes they use like it's a lot of blues Mm -hmm. normally i guess it would be like reds and pinks you think of as love but uh, Summer's depicted a lot with shades of blue. Mm-hmm. And that scene is like, everyone's wearing blue. And then later when he's in an apartment, the entire apartment is like shades of blue, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not really sure the reason for that. I'm sure there there is something deeper that I missed. <laughs> but I thought that was really interesting that they did. And it was really beautiful, which is why, I like, part of the reason why I like that dance scene. And it's just uplifting.
0: Yeah, it was incredibly uplifting. I agree with you. I Actually, this isn't my top fine. It'll be top five also. It's it's not one that I wrote <laughs> down, but it's top five. I like it because it's funny, you know, even though he feels this joy and jubilation because he finally got to sleep with Summer, he's so confident, like walking down the street. And yeah, the, the whole point about everybody wearing blue, I did read that Summer's wardrobe actually throughout the movie is mostly in blue tones. Right. So it's mostly to be kind of evoking his love for Summer. And... I think Summer wears blue so much because, I don't know if this is true, but it was to bring out the blue in Zoe Deschanel's eyes. Mm. So maybe, maybe not. Yeah, that's a great scene. It's very fun. I love JGL. I think he kind of showcases all of his skills in this movie. <laughs> he sings, he dances, he speaks French, which I know he's like quite well-versed in speaking French. He's silly, he's serious, can show emotion. Like I think this was a really good performance by JGL
1: hmm for sure.
0: I did have a question in terms of one specific scene for you. I wanted to kind of get your take on it. It's this final bench scene between Summer and Tom. Summer's married. Tom's going on these interviews. It's this moment where Tom's like, you know, why? Why are you married now? You're someone who said that you didn't believe in love. I like this scene because I think it gives Tom some closure. And he's able to say, you know, I hope you are happy. Mm-hmm. And he's able to kind of move on, but I read somewhere that there's fan theory that this is not actually a scene that happens in real life. This is a scene that Tom has kind of manifested in his mind. Hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I've never really thought about it that way. <laughs> I guess you could do that. I I don't think that's the intention. Mm-hmm. So you think it's real? I think it's real. I I do think it's. At least the imagination would at least lend to the theory of like, has she just been waiting there for him Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. show up? Right. Um, Yeah, I think it's I think it's real. I think she genuinely cared for him, and you know you can see it during the wedding where they go to the friend's wedding, and you know she she obviously now whether you agree with like how she was how she treats him (laughs) yeah how she treats him and how she's like openly flirting with him and treating him and like that, but that's also this idea of what he views their relationship and what happened, mm-hmm. you know? So there's to some extent that. So I don't think she wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's possible she would do that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's all. What about you?
0: I do agree with you that I do think it's within her character to do something like this. Yeah, that's a good point. I do think that she cared for him deeply and that this moment could have happened, but I also can believe that this is just Tom fantasizing as well, Mm -hmm. because I think he's also ready to like move on. You know, he's going on all these architecture job interviews and I think he's accepted the fact that, you know, summer's not going to happen in his life. So maybe this is just him healing and fantasizing that this is his moment of closure Ugh. Maybe I need to watch this movie again, again, to my point that I said I was going to watch it again, like after I watched it. Maybe I should just to kind of just sit with it. and.
1: Does that change how you interpret the movie or how you see anything? Or does that like change the movie for you if that's the case?
0: Mm, that's a good question. Um, I don't think so. Just off the bat. I didn't think about it when I was watching the movie about this being fan theory and in, in terms of it's not actually being a real scene for Tom. But after reading some interpretations of the movie, I was like, oh, I can see that. I can see that happening.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not an unbelievable idea. It's like, oh, I could see that. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. would make sense. It still works within the, the course of the movie, and it makes complete sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to WTF moments. So plot holes and unrealistic moments. Do you have any?
1: Yeah, I think I kind of mentioned a couple I have written down, actually, when the sister bikes to the place when yes. they're in L.A. and things are so far apart in L.A. and it's night and it's like, that it seems unrealistic. Mm-hmm. There's stuff from the flirting at the wedding that I kind of just alluded to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the timeline, I actually took closer note of like the day timelines when I was uh, watching this last time. Mm-hmm. They break up on like day, like something between day 280 and 302 or something like that so i assume the breakup's around 300 Mm -hmm. and he gets an email back from her where he's like you know still like in love with her and i guess they've broken up and she writes oh i'm so glad you feel that way i hope this means you're ready to be friends but it's like it's been like one week or something like that and it's like how (laughs) of course not that's not the case and um there's a couple timelines that deal with that that are confusing so then alongside that is then this isn't unthinkable. It happens all the time. But their breakup is around day three hundred. The wedding is day four hundred and two, mm-hmm. and she's not engaged at the time of the wedding. But that Friday is when her party is. She gets engaged on that Friday. Mm-hmm. So it's been less than like a hundred days since they were dating, and she's now engaged. And then when he starts to apply to architecture firms, mm-hmm. there's like a seventy day like it's like day window, yeah, window or whatever, and the wedding happens during that window. So the engagement happens, and then within 70 days of that engagement, she's married. Yeah. Again, it's not like it's, it doesn't happen, but it just seemed, like, unrealistic to me.
0: So, so I like you, I took a lot of, like, detailed notes, but I didn't do, like, the time difference. But I did find yeah. here, it says that Summer breaks it off with Tom on day 290 and is married by day 476, which is a 186-day difference. Roughly estimating, Summer got married a little over six months after breaking up with Tom. I mean, again, I-, I agree with you. I wrote this down also as a WTF, is that Summer got married very quickly, but also not entirely unrealistic. Like, there are a lot of people who meet someone, mm-hmm. two weeks later they're married, For you sure. know? So, again, it's, yeah, agree with you on that.
1: Yeah. And then this also... <laughs> A timeline thing that I noticed was I actually went back. I was like, wait, I never really thought about the timeline. And I actually went back and looked at the days and I was like, wait, day 402 happened. This This is the minimum amount of time. (laughs) So day 402 is the wedding, right? And then after that is when he gets really depressed and he stops going to work until day 441 and a half. Mm. And that's when he goes back. So did he just stay home from work for like 40 days? Oh, really? It was that long? And he didn't get fired <laughs> or nothing happened. You don't know when he stopped going to work, obviously. But there's the scene where he's home all the time and until 4.41.5 where he shows back up at work. Yeah. So you're assuming that roughly 30, 40 day time he's mostly been at home because it basically has shown him he's he's broken up over a thing. He's been wearing a robe to the store.
0: Huh. That's a good point. I have it in my notes, too. Day 402 wedding. Day 442, he quits his job. Mm-hmm. Big 40-day gap there.
1: Right. So he probably stayed home from the engagement, which is, I don't know, let's say it's a week later. So it's like right. day 410. So he stayed home for like 30 plus days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny.
1: Did you have any any
0: other? <laughs> so for me, honestly, I didn't really catch that many WTFs. I think because the narration style of like this jumpy timeline, I think it helps the story not need to have continuity in some ways. Like, you know, if you're just watching it off the bat, you, you, you're not, you know, unlike you and me, we're taking very specific notes, like day 402, day 37, right? And we can like do the mm-hmm. math and then count the difference. But I didn't really catch that many glaring WTFs, which is kind of new for me. So I just want just to call that I out. I didn't see
1: That was it. That was it. Yeah. I don't have any (laughs) more.
0: Right. And like I I mentioned, the fact that Summer gets married so quickly, it's still within this realm of possibility that that happens. But I mentioned earlier, like Tom really falls in love with Summer after she says that she loves the Smiths. Like that to me, like, fine. Great. But also just like, that's all it took for him to like really kind of look at Summer and be like, oh, she's a viable romantic option.
1: Well, I guess I have to ask you, have you ever lended more weight to something simple like that about a guy or about someone than it should have been? Like, hmm. oh, oh my God, he he also likes tennis? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question.
0: Um, off the top of my head, no. But you're right that this is something that people probably, you know, do or have. For me, I don't fall in love easily So even if someone were to do something magical.
1: Good job, Frank.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think if someone were to be like, I love something that they don't know that I also love, I don't think that that would put me in the spiral of love. I think it'd be like, oh, that's cool. We have something that we have in uh, mm-hmm. a similarity. But yeah, I, I don't fall that easily. I'm, I think I'm. Quite a skeptic when it comes to love, which is an odd thing because I love these mm. love stories. So, yeah, that's just something to know about me.
1: Why do you think that is? Were you shaped by rom coms as a child as well, like these two were? <laughs> or not rom-coms, love stories. The Graduate is a theme which uh, we didn't really talk yeah, about. Yeah, you're right. I, I definitely think it's relevant. You know, it's it's interesting how, you know, it says like Tom was shaped by a misreading of The Graduate mm-hmm. and this idea, whereas she was shaped by, you know, a divorce when she was young and, and, and other things. Why do you feel like you have this, I don't know, more subdued, I guess, in a way, version of, of love and you say you don't love easily? I
0: think it's a self-preservation thing. I think I have some pride which is not great, but I also think that it has served me in many ways in terms of heartbreak. I think I'm also hmm. someone who just loves love. Is that an opposition of each other? I don't actually know.
1: Um, a little bit, I think. Hmm. If you love you love the idea of love, but you're protecting yourself against it for, you know, whatever, which is a completely legitimate thing, and we do it all the time as people, right? Yeah. I think the fact that they kind of make fun of this, actually, when Tom is like playing, I don't know, like the Wii or something with his sister at Mm. their home. And he's like, I forgot what he says, (laughs) but he's just naming like she she also walks with like two feet. She's got two hands. You know, she's saying he's saying stuff and they're purposely naming just like
0: very basic things.
1: Right. Right. I can totally see people doing this. So I don't think it's unrealistic, (laughs) but they're obviously making fun of the idea
0: yeah, I think Rachel said something like, "You're dumb because you think that just because you guys like the same things, like that means that means love." She, I forget right. the exact line, but she right. challenges Tom to think differently. I don't know, Justin. Love is a weird thing.
1: For sure. No, I wonder how much I'm shaped by seeing you know whatever movies I saw growing up, <laughs> mm-hmm. in the same way Tom has been. Uh, I'm sure I have been, and just continued watching. I mean. Just the theme of the idea of rom-coms, right? I'm sure there's been. A lot, I'm pretty sure I've read articles of like how that shaped both male and females' view on what love should be like and what relationships should be like. Mm-hmm. Is it this whole like meet cute, perfect ideal world that it happens in, but that's like not really what real life is like? Mm-hmm. And I think they even talk about that in the movie where they're like, you know, what happened with love? I think Summer says something like, you know, life, life happened mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the scene where. She's sharing her ex-boyfriends.
1: Oh, right, right.
0: Tom asks, what happened? And she's like, what always happens? Life.
1: Right, exactly. And yeah, it's totally true. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. And I I do think that this is, and probably a problem for me, is that growing up, having watched all these rom-coms, it does kind of inform and shape your perspective on relationships and love and what it's supposed to look like. But I think the older one gets and has more life experience, you start to realize, oh, you know, everyone has different stories. Just because this is the story I saw, that doesn't mean that that's what's actually real. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a period of time in my life, now we're getting real personal here, is that I think I was sad at one point, and I thought I could help me come out of that sadness by watching these, like, uplifting rom-coms. But truth be told, they made me more sad. (laughs) Because I was like, this is so unrealistic. And I think I was waiting for my life to kind of emulate these love stories. Yeah. So then I purposefully pivoted and stopped watching rom-coms for a period of time. I don't even remember what else I watched. But I remember I had to like actively get out of a funk because... I was like, these rom-coms are bad. They're bad for my psyche because they are painting such unrealistic expectations right. of love. But then, again, as I mentioned, like you start to like live life. You get a little older. You realize people have a lot of flaws. These are just stories. They're fake. They're not real. But you can still escape and indulge yourself every once in a while. I think I've come to a certain point where you're like, yeah, Michelle, this is just a story. It's not real.
1: hmm. That's interesting.
0: But that doesn't mean that I don't love them.
1: Right. And I think you've come to that realization, but I think probably subconsciously we're all still influenced by it. And there's a lot of people that don't have that realization that are looking for that perfect story, but that doesn't necessarily exist.
0: Yeah. No, agree. It's it's. I think it's a great tie-in to this theme of the movie that we've talked about, these expectations versus reality. So many illusions of love.
1: Right. I think alongside that it's like oh it's from tom's perspective and he's like the entire movie is him like he got the girl he's chasing the girl he's motivated by just like wanting to be with this girl but that's that works i guess on this scale for this movie but like that's not what a real relationship would be you know Mm -hmm. like after that point you have to have a real relationship yeah i think that's actually we touched upon we haven't really talked about the graduate but like have you seen the graduate
0: i have but it's been a long time which is why i don't want to speak out of turn.
1: I was going to say, like, Dustin Hoffman's character, I think his name is Ben, he also, in in some sense, he's chasing after the girl, and he's just trying to get this girl, and this idea of, like, what he thinks love is, and he's chasing, and then he gets it, and then Mm -hmm. they sit in that bus, and it's like kind of depressing Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're just like oh shit like this is real now now what now what do we do and the way they introduce that scene actually is like it's actually i didn't mention this in my favorite scenes but it's when the rachel the sister is talking about like you're remembering the good stuff next Mm -hmm. time when you look back look again and then the simon garfunkel song starts playing and the graduate is basically the graduate theme song Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to summer being like super sad watching the graduate and uh, this uncertainty and it goes into basically their breakup yeah yeah i think that movie is obviously it's very purposeful to include that movie Mm -hmm. and it's just a different perspective and very similar to i guess how tom's character is in 500 days of summer
0: yeah it's this whole idea of like you you kind of get what you think you want and then once you have it you're like oh okay now now what yeah kind of freeze and you're like Clearly, there's a state of confusion because they're just sitting there kind of blankly. I'm I'm talking about at the end seat of The Graduate now.
1: In The Graduate, yeah. Well, I I felt like it's more like, yeah, they're in love, this idea of like being in love. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they hit that point, they realize like, oh, our future is completely uncertain. Like Mm -hmm. we don't know where our lives will lead. We're now facing reality and it kind of lends to the idea in the 500 Days of how like Oh, love isn't enough. It's not all it takes for a relationship to work for one or both to just love each other. That's not mm. that's not it. And
0: You're dropping some knowledge, Justin. <laughs> Absolutely. Love is not enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. As you know, we grow older, we probably experience that and are very aware of that. Where, you know, definitely when I was younger, it's like, Oh, you know, the whole idea is like, Oh, you know, we love each other. That's all that matters. And it's yeah, like Yeah, no, for sure. That's unlikely for it to work out if that's all there is if if it's just love it takes takes a lot right it takes a lot of hard work it takes understanding a lot of facing reality where it's not just a rom-com
0: yep yeah for sure i think that that this movie kind of paints some kind of picture about how that how that works how it's there's a lot of heartbreak and sometimes mm-hmm. when you get what you want it still doesn't bring you happiness mm-hmm yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot this movie's trying to say. But let's move on to the ending. Um, are you happy with it? What are your thoughts about it? Yeah,
1: I think it's resolved really nicely. I thought it was really cute and like, a, I guess a very like Disney. <laughs> it's not a Disney movie, but it, in like a Disney rom com way where he like he meets Autumn you know, and it's (laughs) at the end.
0: Shout out Minka Kelly. Yeah.
1: Right. I thought it was really cute. Like he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. And I, there shows some growth because you know, when he, his relationship with summer is kind of like she made the move once she found out he liked her. Mm -hmm. And then I just thought of another what the fuck moment, by the way, which is when she kisses him in the copy room. Mm -hmm. Like that would not be okay if that was reversed.
0: (laughs) Yes. Agree with you. Um, (laughs) Heavy Um, makeout sessions at work. (laughs) Not okay.
1: (laughs) Right. Just in general. In general. Unwarranted. I walk up to you and just start making out with you. Like, not okay. Not
0: okay.
1: But yeah, he takes the initiative. He stops and he's like, you know what? I don't believe in love. I don't believe in these coincidences. But he's like, you know what? Like, he's still, you know, he's taking it into his own hands. He asks her out, you know?
0: I 100% agree with you. I do think that this scene shows a lot of growth because, as you mentioned in the beginning, Tom just is overanalyzing. He's like, it's over. She doesn't like me. And it's like day 11. (laughs) And his friends are like, did you ask her out? And Tom's like, I can't do that. No, she doesn't like me. So he's just overanalyzing and he's stuck. But in this moment, to your point, and you just said that he takes the matters into his own hands, I really liked that about this moment is that He's like, you know what? I'm gonna go for it. And mm-hmm. I'm proud of him. I was proud of him in this moment. I didn't need Minka Kelly's name to be Autumn. I thought that was a yeah. little too on the well, nose that's... and tried a little too hard. I, I was just like, uh, okay, fine. I'll give you that. I,
1: I thought I thought it was like a cute, like it's going like, Okay, we're gonna be cute here. Like they yeah. they're fully realized it's a little bit
0: it's fully over the top. realized. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. JGL looks at the camera and is like, he knows. Yeah. He's in on the joke too, so
1: Right, yeah. So I, I totally, I liked the ending. Um, I like how, and then the music kicks in, and again, mm-hmm. the soundtrack it completely mm-hmm. works. It
0: yeah. Shout out again to this soundtrack, so solid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, thoughts on if the characters are likable or relatable?
1: Um, relatable to certain extents, just to the extent we've kind of touched upon this already. But yeah. like, I think there is some realism to it. That kind of the idea of. Uh, lending more credence to the idea of someone than what is really their kind of one-sided love
0: mm-hmm.
1: or not being able to force love it's very like in a way it's very like personal for me like because i was like oh i've gone through lots of these emotions not in the same way of course but, like conceptually mm-hmm. that even from summer's side just not being sure of a relationship and being uncertain you know she talks about like she knew that her husband is the one because and he's like how do you know how do you know you're in love and he, she said something like oh it was what i was never sure of when i was with you or something like that that's gotta hurt it's gotta hurt yeah that idea i've been on both sides of that so it's like i think in that sense i like the characters and i think they're likable in a lot of ways uh you do root for jgl even though he's a little bit insufferable at the same time
0: <laughs> <laughs> the accurate word yes
1: <laughs> I I know you were saying earlier how like Summer is viewed as like the bitch, but like I didn't view her as the bitch. I I've always, even from my first viewing, was like, oh, that's unfortunate that she doesn't love him in the same way. Mm. But she's was upfront with him. I did notice all those things, and I was like, no, she's just just didn't work out how he wanted it to work out. That's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think my first impression of Summer was not that she was a bitch because I think that's harsh, but. I was frustrated that she wasn't able to communicate clearly about what didn't work out with Tom. I did think it was unfair to Tom. And I think in many ways I still do. And she has every right to obviously, you know, be married and live a happy, happy life with this new man. But I feel for Tom because I don't think he ever comes to understand what it was that didn't work out, even though we do see him being able to wish Summer well and be happy in her life. But Hmm. You know, why doesn't she love Tom back? I did question that. And in Summer's defense, she does say, I don't want a serious relationship. But then she full on like participates in having a serious relationship in many ways, right? Like, I mean, that's just, I guess, dating and, and being with someone and being intimate with someone. But I don't blame Tom for feeling confused, being like, how are you saying that we are just friends when we are having shower sex and spending every day or weekend together? Mm-hmm. So that's why I think I feel conflicted and have my feelings all over the map about this movie because I, I can understand both perspectives I think and feel frustrated for both
1: perspectives as well. Do you feel like the label matters? Like it? It sounds like it's like we're in a relationship, but it's a casual relationship or boyfriend girlfriend that kind of idea. Like he actually alludes to it. He actually tries to ask her like What are what are we? What are we doing?" And she's like, "I'm happy. That's all that matters." Right.
0: Right. Again, I'm conflicted because (laughs) 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 I think you need to both be on the same page. Either we both don't want labels or we both want labels. And that's probably a hard road to get on together. I think it's a recipe for disaster or maybe not disaster, but just not success that if Tom wants a label and Summer is adamant about not giving a label, that's never going to steer on the same road eventually, right? It's fine if both people don't want the label. Mm -hmm. But then it's hard when one person does and one person doesn't. So
1: for sure, I don't know. It's just a matter of how important it is to be on the same page in a relationship. And uh, if you're not on the same page, it's like you're going to encounter problems.
0: For sure. No, I agree with you. Yeah, but I think that that's where the demise of this relationship kind of is. Like, Summer's up front. Tom's like, he plays it off cool. He's like, yeah, totally. But it's obvious that Tom is not okay with it.
1: Mm -hmm. She does ask him. He has every opportunity, even from when he first, before he first sleeps with her. She's like, she just wants a casual. Don't overthink it. He's talking to himself in the mirror. Yeah. And then later on when he gets angry, I think he even says like, what are we? Are you okay with this? He has every opportunity to be like, I am not okay with this. Mm -hmm. And I know it's difficult in reality to say and do those things, but mm-hmm. that's why I don't fault her for being like a bitch, so to speak. But right. maybe you can say, you know, she was misleading in the sense of like, yeah, they aren't spending every day together or whatever.
0: Yeah. And Tom should have had the the gall to be like, no, I, you know, this is what I want or I can't be in this with you, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he had the strength to do that because he just wanted her in his life at any cost. Right. Who would you say your favorite character
1: is? Hmm. Well, there's only two main characters. I mean, if you're going to say supporting character, I, we already touched upon Rachel, the sister, mm-hmm. and how we love her, uh, which she's, she lends a lot of like comedic relief to it. Yeah. The other two friends is like, they have some nice scenes, but like they're kind of throwaways in a way for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, yeah, the sisters probably gets my vote for favorite character. We talked about some growth, that Tom has growth, but did you have anything else to add about the character development?
1: Not really. I mean, I feel like Summer also had character development. Like she grows. She comes to know. She doesn't believe in love. You know, they even talk about it. Mm-hmm. I have this listed as a funny quote where she's like, "I don't believe in love." And this is one of the first times they're out at the karaoke bar, and he's like, "What do you mean you don't believe in love? What happens if you fall in love?" And she's like, "I don't believe in it." He's like, "It's love, not Santa Claus." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, she she has a husband now. She's comes to love this person, and you know, she's comes across definitely later in the movie as having a different level of maturity i don't know how they were managed to to portray that but there is like a subtle level of maturity you feel from her
0: Mm. not for nothing the final scene where we see summer she's dressed very differently
1: maybe that's it maybe it's just the clothing
0: i think it's like she's dressed like she's very very professional that's just a small thing that i noticed
1: yeah and even at the wedding she feels like she's dressed like a little more older for some reason Mm. Hmm.
0: yeah that's an interesting observation well, so this is a unique question, I think, for this movie specifically is do you think the characters stay together, and by the characters, I guess my question is
1: Tom and autumn um I, there's I can't enter <laughs> question seriously <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole point is you don't know it's just that
0: like, is the whole point.
1: see what it is what it is right there you go so i I don't think so what you you agree, yeah, I agree, I don't know. Do you have someone that you like better between Summer and Tom?
0: Oh, who I like between Summer and Tom?
1: Yeah, do you like one of them?
0: Hmm. I don't think I like one more than the other. Is that weird?
1: No. Do you? I don't I don't think so. I think they're compatible in that sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, agree. I I don't know. I think this movie warrants another rewatch for me. I don't know. Um
1: you're all over the place with this movie, right? I
0: am all over the place with this movie. It's um
1: this movie is has a lot of depth unlike unlike Summer's character.
0: Unlike Summer's character, <laughs> yes. This movie I feel like has a lot to say, um but it's kind of left up to us to determine what we think about relationships.
1: I definitely think it's a lot more personal level than the typical. It's probably why I didn't like it the very first time where I was like, I was expecting just like an easy movie Mm. and I was like, oh, this is like way more introspective than I was expecting it to be.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I do think that this movie ends on a very hopeful note though. I think it kind of normalizes heartbreak in a way, but also that we're all, capable and we have the strength within us to kind of pick ourselves up again move forward and there will inevitably be someone else out there for us if that's what we want
1: Mm -hmm, for sure
0: so that's kind of my takeaway from the final scene as well we've probably alluded to this already but your thoughts on if this movie is a beloved movie Hmm.
1: i don't know how to answer that i'm not sure what to think i guess It's beloved by me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters.
1: (laughs) I feel like there's not really like an in-between. It's either like you like the movie or you don't. There's not really like, oh yeah, that was an okay movie. Mm. Because of the expectation of what it is if you define a rom-com. But what do you think?
0: I mean, on the surface level, I do think it's beloved because JGL and Zoe are adorable in this movie. And I think they still have some star power currently. Mm -hmm. So I think people revisit this movie a lot. And I think it has a lot to say, obviously, since we both have literally had a lot to say about this movie. So I think because of that, there's a continued conversation that surrounds this movie about the characterization of Summer, perhaps, and this whole manic pixie dream girl conversation that I mentioned earlier. I know that there are a lot of articles out there that are like, is this okay? Is this not okay? Where do we stand on this? There's a lot of debate between this... Characterization of a woman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I agree with you. I think you either really like this movie or you don't. And I think maybe you and I fall in the camp of we like this movie, obviously.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I actually, and there's all my notes, I said earlier I've rated 8.8. 8. I have 8.9 written in my notes, so I don't mm. even know why I lowered it. <laughs> I, you would probably know this, but are there a lot of rom coms written by men, if any?
0: There are, but there a lot of them are pretty silly and ridiculous. You can easily tell when some <laughs> rom-coms are written by men oh well there was a movie that i talked about oh there's something about mary
1: oh yes that's right i listened to that one with
0: I, Kat. yes with cat like i hammered the point home that this character of mary is totally written by a man this woman does not exist
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean there's a lot of rom-coms that i still have not watched and re-watched and talked about but so this is a very big generalization. But I do think that the stories written by women tend to be a little bit more sensitive. And I don't want to say better, but they are just a little bit more sensitive and nuanced, I would say. But this story written by two men, but because I think mm-hmm. it's written from personal experience, there's a lot more heart in it. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know anything about these writers maybe they write from personal experience but i think a lot of them are just fantasizing these love stories
1: Mm -hmm.
0: this movie has it aged well what do you think
1: yeah I, i think so i feel like i could watch that if that had just come out it wouldn't be strange
0: yeah i agree with you but there are like two things i want to nitpick if this aged well or not is that there's like just like subtle casual homophobia thrown in in this movie it's just like you're gay you can't man up about your feelings just you know that language we can't really be used so casually anymore
1: i totally overlooked that i did look out for diversity because i noticed that that's a theme you look out for in a lot of the rewatchings that you've done i do and not a lot of diver a little bit
0: a little bit actually
1: the co-workers the wedding
0: (laughs) The most like sidebar characters possible are the minorities. It's yeah, the coworker, the wedding.
1: To be fair, there's not a lot of characters. Like no right. one gets really a lot of screen time. It's pretty much just them two. So they go to that wedding and they're, that's the most diversity there is. And
0: Yeah, and i I'm glad there was diversity in this movie. Would I have appreciated one of the friends being a minority in Los Angeles? Yes, I would have preferred that, but I'll accept it. I'm going to nitpick a little bit here. The beginning, the narrator says that there are two types of people in this world, that there are men and that there are women. I think now in 2020, there are a lot of people who would refute that, mm. that there are more than just men and women. That's a good point. But other than that, I think it's it's held up. I think the theme is what we're really tuning in for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because it's about their relationship between those two people, or mainly from Tom's perspective, it holds up because it's very real and an emotional level.
0: On that note, I wonder, what are your thoughts on if, let's say there was a sequel to this movie, and in the sequel, it's Summer's perspective of this relationship?
1: Oh, interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'd want it to be a sequel, but yeah, I I guess that'd be interesting.
0: Or not a sequel, (laughs) you know, like a a companion to this movie. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I think it would be a lot less heartfelt, probably. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I found myself wondering if I would think that that story would be interesting. And I think I landed on, I would still watch it. I think I walked away from this movie being like, huh, Summer's kind of an enigma to me. Why does she do what she does? Why does she feel the way she feels? What was it about that scene in The Graduate that made her cry? I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be interesting at all. But I just did find (laughs) myself wondering, how would this story have been told from Summer's perspective?
1: Yeah, no, I could I could see that. Right when you asked that, I kind of went back and forth, just like you just explained. I was like, would it be kind of boring? Or right. Actually, you know, it would be interesting <laughs> to hear, like, see her perspective at this part or this part or, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, ultimately, I agree with you. Also would watch.
0: <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. If that ever happens, we should watch it together.
1: Okay, deal.
0: All right, so I have some trivia points. I'm going to see what we have not mentioned yet. The director, Mark Webb, this was his first feature. He's actually like a a music video director. The first draft of this movie was supposed to take place in San Francisco, but moved to LA eventually.
1: Hmm, That would have been interesting.
0: The towns where Summer and Tom are originally from, as the narrator says, which are Margate, New Jersey and Shinnecock, Michigan, are not real. And I read somewhere that someone was really reading deep is like, The reason the towns aren't real is because their relationship isn't real. So take that as you wish. The penis scene at the park, the word penis is changed to panda when this movie is aired on planes and on TV. So that scene must be very strange. People just yelling panda.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have the same effect. I've done that before with a friend.
0: Oh, really? How did that Uh, go?
1: It was um it was fun. It's just like being we're just being ridiculous in public. <laughs>
0: yeah. I feel like it's such a silly scene, but it still, you know, made me laugh and smile.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: Um, but that's all the trivia I have. I think we can wrap it up. Do you have any last takes or last thoughts?
1: Um I just scrolled through my notes and I have two quotes that I liked of scenes <laughs> which are Please. When he's depressed and he's like, Why do you think I'm depressed? his boss
0: oh uh mr
1: vance yeah mr vance from the marvel movies yeah um, agent
0: colson
1: agent colson he's like he's a great boss by the way or a very empathetic boss <laughs> so empathetic. and he's like i i feel like uh maybe you know you're not doing so well and he's like why do you say that and he's like this is a card you wrote and it's roses are red violets are blue fuck you whore <laughs>
0: I love how tom has like what do you mean as if like he doesn't remember he wrote fuck you whore <laughs> right.
1: and then when he's on the blind date um mm. he's complaining about summer his date i feel really bad for her yeah mother, but yeah. um he's like she took a giant shit on my face literally <laughs> and she's like literally and he's like not literally that's disgusting jesus what's the matter with you <laughs> that was a good moment <laughs> Yeah, that was at the end of my notes, so I just thought I'd
0: mention that. Those <laughs> so are great. Thanks for sharing. You were mentioning earlier, though, the architecture scene being one of your favorite
1: scenes. Mm-hmm. It's my. It is the favorite scene of.
0: Oh, my- I'm sorry. It is the favorite scene. Your favorite scene. <laughs> I actually caught while I was watching this movie is that this kind of depicted L.A. in a very different way than what I think I'm used to seeing in like these rom-coms. I think mostly L.A. is depicted to be like sunny and beach and palm trees and Mm -hmm. just not this movie, basically. And I actually appreciated this. I think that it's not romanticized.
1: Well, I think I think it is the architecture. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Sorry.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's romanticized in that way, but not romanticized in the way that like, look, L.A. is like perfect weather, 365 days out of the year, um, and we're all just hanging out on a beach every day. Mm-hmm. So I liked that. It showed me a different side of L.A.
1: Well, I found it when you just told me that it was originally supposed to be in San Francisco. I wonder how that would have changed that feel or if it would have been the same. Because mm. like, I mean, the architecture obviously is part of the movie, but like where it takes place in a way doesn't even matter.
0: Right, right, right. I Yeah, I do wonder why they moved it from San Francisco to L.A. Because from my understanding and memory of San Francisco, it does have quite beautiful architecture as well.
1: Mm hmm. In a way. (laughs) I have have opinions on that. Ooh, okay. Do you want to share those opinions? Uh, Sure. I mean, the basics (laughs) of it is the housing and the buildings in San Francisco look like to me like a kid that was playing with Legos and just put together different pieces next to each other in in no rhyme or sequence. They just built a city of buildings, but just (laughs) with no real plan. (laughs) that's what it feels like to me
0: (laughs) okay i'm gonna keep an eye out next time i'm able to go to san francisco okay so you're glad that this takes place in la as well
1: in a way it doesn't really matter to me but it made me want to look at the architecture in la more closely
0: Mm, got it yeah and my last take i mentioned it a few times already but i actually am looking forward to rewatching this movie I think that there are a lot of other things that I might pick up on. And again, hopefully solidify some opinions I have because apologies for being all over the place about this movie. It's just a lot to take in Mm -hmm. because it's it's such a dense subject matter, I think inherently. So to have one opinion about heartbreak and expectations and reality of love, it's just it's not black or white. So there you go.
1: Yeah. No, it's definitely something you're like, oh, should I rewatch? I actually thought about it too. I was like, should I rewatch this again? And just not take any notes the second time?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But I didn't do that. Also,
0: (laughs) side note, this movie's only like an hour and 35 minutes long.
1: Right. I was surprised at that because I was like, I thought it was longer in my head. And I was like, oh.
0: Yeah, it's a very tight movie, especially it's saying so much. So appreciated that it was a tight an hour and 35 or however long it is. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Relationships are weird, guys. Relationships are tough, but I appreciate this movie and trying to depict some kind of realism. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Justin, for going on this emotional journey with me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can follow us on Instagram at Romcom Weekly and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And would love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of this movie. What would you rate this on a scale from one to ten? And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye.